Welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. So welcome to the Talking Joy podcast. Uh, I'm mixing it up a little bit today and I have um, some new people joining me um, for this one-time one-on-one with with Talking Joy. And we are talking to moms um, and women who uh, work and especially women who were working during the pandemic. And my first guest is Stacy Sherman, and she's a customer experience leader dedicated to humanizing businesses. Um, she's fearlessly dedicated to, um, to the work that she does, and she's doing it every day by challenging the status quo and building an authentic, inclusive, customer-centric culture, maximizing employment employee engagement, and customer satisfaction at Schindler Elevator Corporation. Um, And my two young moms with uh, both of them have two kids under five. And the first one is Lindsay Garibaldi, and she works for ABC Stone and has um, two young kids. Um, She's vice president of marketing and creative uh, director um, there in New York City. Um, And then my third guest is Kelly Hare, and she works from home for motherly and also has two young kids. She's VP of sales and marketing and client services. Um, motherly is a lifestyle brand that informs and inspires millennial women through the journey of motherhood. And we have partnered or they have partnered with dozens of brands and media organizations and influencers um, to help make mom's lives better. So I'm excited for you to listen to the podcast today. Okay, so I was just going to read something this morning from the Washington Post by Ellen McCarthy. And she writes um, this little snippet. And she said, uh, the following has already occurred inside a row home or row house in Washington. A mother rose at 5.15 a.m. in the morning to exercise, work, shower, walk the dog. The father answered emails for an hour. A three-year-old boy cried because he didn't want to come downstairs for breakfast. His six-year-old sister has asked once, twice, three times to brush her hair. The two children had a collision, prompting tears and parental intervention, and then an apology. The boy tried to turn to the dining room chair into a surfboard, and the girl was reminded to finish her yogurt and the rest of her breakfast. Um, So another day is beginning for a young family in quarantine, and it's been beginning for hours, weeks, and it never stops beginning. Um, and I read that yesterday, and I just thought that that was so funny because it's like seven in the morning, and don't you feel like it should be seven at night? Um, so I just want to check in. We'll start with uh, with Katie and, and Lindsay and two young moms working um, full time from home and and trying to raise a family, and especially with the added stress of quarantine on top of that. Um, do you want to share a little bit about what your lives have been like in the recent months? So I, I actually am uh, always remote. My job has always, I work for a company that is completely remote. So being home isn't anything that's new to me. Um, but being home now with my husband and my two kids all day, every day is definitely new to me. And I can definitely relate to the 
by seven o'clock, I've probably been up for three or four hours some days with a four o'clock alarm um, because so much of it is, you know, the kids are home at eight. My kids are both under five and they get it kind of, but not really. And they just, every time I pick up the phone now, they're like, not another call, please. Like just play with us. So, so much of the balance is, you know, I try not to start my day until I start my day at four or five. And then by the time they get up, I stop my day and restart it at around 10. And I try and sign off work around like 3.30. So I get the afternoon with them and then sign back on when they go to bed. And it's exhausting, but you know, they don't get it. And so it's really hard to make sure that you have like a happy front with them um, because you can't really explain it to them. They kind of get it, but they don't really. So it's been, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, and time goes really slow, but also really fast sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I feel that, you know, I know I, I remember what that's like. And uh, I remember hiding once on the attic steps, <laughs> trying to make a phone call. Yeah. And they always, they always find you. And there's some urgency about it. And so I've been leading women's groups or mom's groups for, for over 20 years. And, and one of my, and I talk about parenting a lot. And one of my, my favorite tips for when that happens is just to get down on their level, like all the way down on the floor and look them in the eyes because they know that you're distracted and they don't want you to be distracted. And if you could just see them for a minute and then get back to what you were doing, I, I don't know. I just often found that help, but I love how you're compartmentalizing your life a little bit and not trying to do all of it all at once. Because I think when we do that, we set ourselves up for, for frustration and we're not good at anything, but it sounds like you're, you're staggering your day where you're focusing on work, you're focusing on the kids. Yeah. um, That seems like a good, healthy balance to me. Yeah. And obviously some days are better than others. Um, Now that it's getting warmer and nicer and the kids can be outside, it feels a little bit easier, easier sometimes, but yeah. Right. And how about you, Lindsay? What has life been like for you? Um, well, like, like Kelly, I already worked from home three days a week. So, you know, for me, it wasn't that jarring idea of getting used to being remote and being in my space, but working, that was, that was already old hat for me. But also like Kelly, I have two children under five and, uh, you know, all of a sudden it was my husband and myself and, you know, the four of us all kind of hunkered down trying to make things uh, work. And for us, I think there was a lot of, um, there there have been a lot of phases. Like we were actually laughing about it last night um, at like the top of week two. Like we were lambasting ourselves for not having a system yet. Like we are these successful driven people. We are achievers. So like, why have we not mastered this? Like, why is this not coming easily? Like, you know, why, why aren't we parenting and working in a pandemic, uh, you know, with, with two kids at home perfectly. And it's like, even just saying that sentence is like, because you are working and parenting at home in a pandemic. So like, but we were reflecting on that last night and we were kind of laughing going like, how cute we were in early quarantine. Like we thought we knew everything. Um, so I think like when we when we, we drill it down, like that was the actual difference. Like at this point, we've been able to release expectations a little bit um, and just kind of say like, we're doing really well. Like everyone's alive, like we're okay. And, and also I will acknowledge that we, three weeks ago, 
we hired a nanny because we just realized like the law of diminishing returns. Like we weren't, we weren't being our best selves for our kids. We weren't being our best selves for work. And, um, that's been tremendously helpful. Um, but you know, but obviously when everything was in complete lockdown mode, it was just us. And we were, you know, um, working at two hour clips, like my husband would take them and then I would take them and we were like trading the baton back and forth, like to make deadlines or phone calls. Um, and it was really hard because we're both in creative businesses. So we didn't have, you know, it wasn't like the finance world where you need to be there, you know, from X hour to X hour. It was more like, we were just trying to figure out how to pivot our businesses and like think creatively. And you can't think creatively and strategically when you're only working at one hour or two hour clips, like that was really challenging. So, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like what I'm hearing is that, um, you both were working full time, but from home and the transition to coming back to the house is really been that, that more people have joined you in the house okay. and that that's been a big adjustment that, but it sounds like you both have found some sort of a rhythm, um, or gotten into a rhythm as the weeks have progressed. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, Stacy, what, what are you hearing? What are you, uh, yeah, a lot. So, uh, two standpoints, one from my professional brain and one from my personal side, from my personal side. Um, so my kids came home from college and I was using their rooms as my offices during COVID. And then I had to get out and replant myself. So I'm in my bedroom. So my bedroom has become almost like a WeWork that, that I get out of my, my bed over there and I go to the bathroom over there. And my husband knows to get ready for work. He still goes and he's like, can you put your computer down. Cause you know, I, I, I need to like use the room. So it's, it's funny, you know, it's, we're all affected in different ways. Um, from a professional standpoint, I am really, I really believe that as a leader, we have to have empathy for all the employees. And so for my team, um, I have a, I have a big team. Um, there's no cookie cutter approach. It's what does each person need and how can I support them with their balance? Because unless they're happy, there will be no, um, the, the work will not get done well and customers will feel it. So my answer is that I hope you have bosses or leaders that empathize and that we keep driving that into the culture. I manage a team of six. And so one thing that I have found super challenging as well, and we're all, we're all working moms is that we all have our day and everybody seems to have that day of just, I can't do it anymore at a different time. And so that's also, and, and also whether it's a, whether it's an employee or a friend, you're, I feel like I'm constantly trying to support someone else or someone else is trying to lift me up. And it's encouraging in a way. It's like this, we're all kind of in this together and you feel more than ever, I think that you're not alone and everybody's kind of going through this, which is, it's just comforting. You know, like you worry that your kids aren't getting the education that they need or they're, they're not socializing and it's, they're going to be delayed or whatever. And then you look around and you're like, 
every single person is in the exact same boat and like they will catch up and they will be okay and and you will be okay and your marriage will be okay and everything will be okay but you know sometimes it's just it's it's not misery loves company but it's just it's like okay it's okay to feel this way well one thing to add to that um and ex- and exactly what i was just going to say to that i love that you know your, our children can walk in the room our dogs can bark and and it's okay and i feel like maybe before covid there was this more of um that it wasn't okay right we maybe had to shield that and now everybody's you know real lives and personalities and families come into the zoom calls and i love that you know kelly kelly and i have talked about that a lot about how as women you know we are expected to walk in that office and uh you know, work like we aren't parents and parents like and parent like we don't work, right? So like when uh, I'm on a call with my boss, like there were times like if I had a sick kid at home, you know, and, and again, I always had help, but if I had a sick kid at home and there was like nonsense happening in the background, I would be like hiding in a closet, like on a phone call and like muting, like answering and clipped one word answers so that I could like quickly mute the phone again. So, so my life wasn't a disturbance to everybody around me. And, um, to your point, I think that it's like, you know what? No one's hiding anything. Nobody's fooling anyone. This is who we are. This is where we are. And, you know, we did have a tipping point, maybe three weeks into quarantine when my husband, and I give him so much credit for this. He, he woke up one morning and he was like, you know what? I'm sick of feeling this way. And like, I'm going to take conference calls with my earbuds in and, and in the basement while the kids are doing whatever they're doing. So like little baby bums blasting in the background and he would be on a call. And like, again, that was part of releasing that expectation that like we were going to be in front of our computers for eight straight hours and that we were going to be doing the thing. And it was like, what is the thing now? Like, like everything has been shifted and like, I think going with that shift and like moving in it has, has a huge amount of freedom, you know? Yeah. It's a brilliant- this is such a good, this is such a good point too. And one of the reasons I wanted to tape this podcast was that I wanted to highlight what it's like um, for moms that are trying to juggle everything. And I love that maybe one of the gifts that is coming out of, of, this work at home or, you know, with everybody at home is that we're humanizing ourselves and, and our lives aren't so separate anymore. It used to be, like you said, you had to pretend that everything was, you know, when you were at work, it was just work and you, you weren't a mom. And now like all of that has met. And when, when I tape my regular Talking Joy podcast with my team, you know, kids, little kids, like your beautiful little daughter, Katie just came in and we saw her, we saw her head. Um, and that's so normal. And my dog just came up to the door and barked like, you know, Stacy just mentioned. And so it humanizes and the word humanize keeps jumping out at me because when I look at what Stacy does, she talks about humanizing, um, people's lives and in the workplace. And I think that that's the beauty is that we are all human. We're all just trying to make our way and do the best that we can do in, you know, with these creative outlets when our, with our work that you talked about, Lindsay. And, um, and the reality is that we have lives and they intersect 
and now it's much more visible. And I, and I think that that's so important because maybe, Stacey, you can add to this going forward. What's, it, what's that going to look like for, for us? Do you think things will change now? I do believe that it will change in some respects for the better where we, there is that acceptance of, of realness, right, in our families and our lives. Um, I, I do believe that. I think that that's a pro and it takes a lot of the stress of hiding in a closet and, and, you know, and, and trying to not be real, right? So that gets better. Where I don't know is that being remote or this new normal, is it going to change women's ability to elevate their careers? It's always been a challenge. Does it get harder or easier? I don't know, but by talking about it globally, we can make it better. That's a great point. And so that's really uh, an important point too, is that I'm really, you know, focusing on women and women in the workplace and, you know, what does that look like for us going forward now that people have seen behind the curtain, um, so to speak. And so how do you guys feel about that? How do you feel like your companies, are you seeing anything? Um, you know, Katie, you mentioned that your company's being so supportive. I love hearing that. Um, yeah, so I work for um, a company that I would say is about 90 five percent working moms and so they've always been supportive of that work-life balance um and more so than ever i think when you have someone who's experiencing the same thing that you're going through it makes it um a lot easier to empathize with people i think and so my yeah my company has been incredibly supportive and uh it can you say a little bit more about that um tell me give me some details in ways that you feel supported expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So there is no requirement that you are expected to sit from your desk from, or your closet, whatever, from nine to five. Um, we, you know, they, whether it's you're taking day shit, like you work Monday through Thursday and your partner works Tuesday through Friday and you have that coverage, or if, you know, you, you kind of work the morning and a colleague works the afternoon, if that's possible. Um, you know, and I think everyone's trying to be understanding and realistic of there's always a to-do list of proactive things, right? Like you could always be doing something. And I think right now we're just being realistic that obviously we all have like KPIs and goals that we need to hit, but now is the time to survive and not necessarily thrive. And I think that's the biggest thing my company has done is that um, we always want to go from surviving to thriving, but right now we just need to be realistic about the situation and the most important thing is surviving and making sure that, that all of our mental health is intact. Um, because that's a big thing too. I think all of us, you know, I think everyone is, there's part, there's a little bit of mental health that we are all kind of, it, we're, it's, it's affecting us big time. So um, that, that's really important, especially as a working mom, when, you know, you have so many hats to wear and you need to be strong for everybody. So, Yeah. And that's, that's an important part because that's, that's right in my wheelhouse. Um, you know, I teach spiritual practices. And so what, what are some of the things that you all are doing to care for yourselves? And, you know, I always start by telling what I'm doing. And I, I feel like the timing with the pandemic and the awakening of spring in the Northeast has, has really been helpful for a lot of people's spirits because if you, you know, you look outside, 
Um, you know, I see people going by, it looks like the train let out all day long. You know, yeah. people are out and enjoying nature and walking and getting fresh air. And I know that when I'm working, 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 I always call it a reset. I have to walk away. I need to go get some fresh air. I'll go walk my dogs in the woods. Um, you know, I'll listen to peaceful music or I'll say a mantra or whatever works for me. And then I come back refreshed with a clear mind. I know that's not as easy with little kids. Um, you know, the parks and things like that had been closed. I don't know if they still are. Um, but it's really important for me. Um, I, I started out this year doing a podcast that was called the year of you. And I jokingly told my kids that I was naming 2000 or 2020, the year of Pam. And they were like, Oh, that's so weird. And like, they laughed. And I said, No, I'm serious. Because if I don't take care of myself, and put myself first, I have nothing, nothing to give out to other people to my work, to my family. And so I always have to go back to the present moment and fill myself back up with whatever I need. And it might take five minutes or, you know, 50 minutes or whatever, whatever it is that I need on that particular day. Um, but I'm always checking in with myself. I'm constantly saying, like, how do you feel in your body right now? You know, do I feel tired? Do I feel stressed? And, and what tools do I have that I can apply right now to make myself feel better? And the easiest thing for so many people is to just get some fresh air. Um, and I know that sounds simple, but it's you'll when you come back, if you check in with your body and say, how am I feeling? You'll see a difference. And then you'll know that there's sort of been this shift. Um, and, and I just think that that's one of the simplest ways. What are, what are some of the things that you are all doing? Stacey, I listened to a different podcast that you were on. You had sent me some information and I saw that you have a lot of little technological gadgets and things and ways that you find that piece for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I have an app called, um, besides calm, which people might know about more of a meditative app. Um, but there's, um, five minute journal, which is so fast. It's literally five minutes less where you write down in the morning um, what you're grateful for. And then the end of the, end of the day, it kind of validates, did you do what you thought you'd be doing and, and, and gratefulness? Um, I also have, um, if you could see, whoops, um, you know, signs all over around my room to give me inspiration and remember mm -hmm. things. And then the last thing I would say, which is, it sounds so mundane, but it's true, is just like getting dressed in the morning. Um, because there's so many times where I'll just roll out of bed and get on my calls and I mentally feel drained. So if I get in the shower, brush my hair <laughs> and show up, it's amazing. The brain just does feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And that part, that gratitude part that you mentioned, I love because it, it sounds so it, it's overused, like, oh, you should be grateful. But yeah. the idea that you write down what you're grateful for in the morning, really, it, it shifts your perspective and it's, yeah. it can set the tone for the whole entire day. And like you said, you know, so you guys are all really super busy and, you know, and I appreciate your being here today and making the time for this um, because I know how busy you are. And uh, to layer on other things into our lives just doesn't even seem possible. But I love like the five minutes or just to breathe, just to take a couple of seconds and I breathe in, you know, peace and I just let go of any tension that I'm feeling. And I just do that throughout the day. And, and over time, it becomes muscle memory. And same with the gratitude. If I start 
with this attitude of being thankful for what I do have versus what I don't have, then it, it sets the, it sets the tone for the day, which, which is so important, especially if you're getting up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Um, someone gave, someone gave me a tip that, um, it really works. And so okay. if you wake up every day, no matter what time that is, and you say to yourself, how do I want to experience the day? And when you put that in your mind, it's not even the day, how do I want to experience this hour, right? But it, it, it is the day. When you define that each morning, it really helps you think about and live that purposely. Yeah. Yeah. And how about you, Lindsay and Katie? Are you guys applying any sorts of tools like this? Or, or maybe you're hearing something you know, now that would inspire you. Yeah, I mean, for me, really, like my self care is wine. No, I'm joking. It's not. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it is. It's not. Um, no, it's really about. We've been doing yoga like as a family, which is really nice. Um, our, you know, our four and a half year old like wants to teach because he's taken three classes with me now, and like he thinks he's qualified. But um, so we indulge it. But um, we've definitely just been stretching like a ton, and um, we've we've been taking a lot of walks, and that's been really refreshing too to like look around and see like like you were saying before, just like, a ton of people walking around, and usually their families, and no one's looking at their phone, and no one's like everyone's like kind of engaging on a different level, which I find very heartening, and um, I try to draw upon that like in the moments that aren't so great like I remember just seeing like people I, I was walking by this this family doing yoga in their front yard the other day and I was like oh my god this is beautiful um just people really respecting nature and being outside and being together um so that's helpful and I also think as women we're really lucky that like I have you know, four group texts going with several, you know, friends from different sectors and parts of my life. And, you know, some of them were just griping and some of them were just like talking about gratitude. And I, I think that to be able to express and to be able to connect mm -hmm. um, really keeps us balanced in times like this. Yeah. And as women, we're lucky that that's part of our sort of like societal, like it's already part of our fabric. So, for like my husband, like he's had one Zoom call with some of his college friends like early on. And I I always try to remind him, like, you need to reach out to people. Like you're you can't live in this bubble and like we're great together, but we're not, you know, we can't be everything, you know, so you need to like connect. Um yeah. and it's in our DNA to want yeah. to you know, we, we are, yes, exactly. We are people that need to be in community with one another and I think that people, what you're seeing and what I'm hearing is that you're seeing people creating their own communities within their homes um, and, you know, doing yoga together. And I, I was walking down the street one day and I saw a dad with like a teenage son and they were engrossed in a conversation and they were looking at each other and it was noon on like a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that never would have happened otherwise. Um and so, and I, it, I just caught it as I saw it. And I was like, oh, it just was so heartwarming because, um, you know, if we look at this time as an opportunity to connect on that level, I think that that again is that that's where that gratitude that Stacy's talking about comes in. Cause we're, 
you're grateful for. So if we acknowledge when we see things like that, that's part of the practice, that you see it, you recognize it, you acknowledge it, and then it becomes, you know, this this part of, of how you, you know, operate in the world and you you recognize it more and more. There's, when my kids were little, I used to ask them, you know, where did you see beauty today? And it's kind of an odd question. You, know, you, you might say, well, what are you grateful for today? But where did you see beauty today? And little kids get, oh, you know, and, and they'll come up with, with things, you know, like I used to do that in bed at night. Um, and so I do that myself too, is I'm always on the lookout for it. And, and then it appears and, and my eyes are, are drawn to it more and more. So, um, so what question, yeah. Oh, sorry. One question, um, to, to what you said, Lindsay, um, my observation in my own house is in terms of connection is that I'm very social and zoom is my vehicle to be social. And my daughter is talking to a lot of people, my son, not as much. And my husband, kind of like you say, you know, like, eh, you know, here and there. I just wonder if there's less of a need. Is this a, a I'm not going to say it's a male, female, different wiring or need. But um, I, I do notice that during COVID, like there's definitely a, a clear difference in outreaching. And the, like, I need collaboration and talking. Yeah. And, and my guys don't. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, you know, I can, if I could just add to that and say that um, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And I, and I think that some people are introverts and some people are extroverts. And maybe you're, you're the men in your family are, I don't, I don't know them, but um, I'm an introvert, even though I go out and I speak in public all the time. And have a big voice in my community, I still, I'm, I'm, I'm a cozy at home. Like I'm, so I feel like I have had an easier time of it than maybe somebody who is used to being very social and out all the time. I do still love human connect, connection. I think we grow both. We grow best in two ways, in community and in solitude. I think we need solitude because we need to get to know ourselves. And I, so I wonder if, and I don't know the stats on this, that if people who are extroverts have struggled more with not having that human connection versus somebody who is an introvert who says, oh, well, you know, this, this is what I gravitated towards. So for me, going outside of myself and speaking in public was a stretch. And I had to learn how to do that and be really comfortable doing it, which I am. But I think the opposite is happening for people who were extroverts and now are our, our stay at home. So it's just an, well, an interesting dynamic. I, I agree with that. And I would, I would just sort of counter with, um, in the beginning, like there were all these, you know, memes on Instagram, like check on your extrovert friends, like they're struggling right now. Um, mm -hmm. true. But I would also say that like, as time has worn on, and I think particularly with younger kids, um, you're never alone. Like you just don't ever have a moment to like sit there and read an article. Like, I'm a podcast junkie. Like I would listen to podcasts on the way to work. You know, like I would go into the office two days a week and like, that was my time. Like I was tearing through books, like things that could like help me settle into me. Like I just simply don't have time for anymore. And like, so I wonder if like even those introvert, you know, moms and dads who are suddenly stuck at home with these kids, like, are they, you know, are, I, I think that they're struggling as well with like that lack of solitude. 
Yeah. And so there's the difference between Stacy and I with the two of you where our kids are older. Yeah. So I can go out, I can just get, put my sneakers on and go for a run. Yeah. Um, I can go for a walk in the woods and not bring anybody, or I could bring my whole team. You know, there's six of us, two dogs. And, and so I think that it depends where you are and your life stage. And that's why I think that the two of you are superheroes in my mind, because Having little kids, two kids under five, Lindsay, I don't, I can't remember. You didn't say exactly. Are you, are your kids under five also? Yeah. I have a four and a half year old and an almost 16 month old. Yeah. Um, And so finding alone time and, you know, in that stage, it's nearly impossible in regular circumstances. Um, And I'm glad that you, that you have help. Um, One of the things that i read this week was that you should have a plan in place and if you can get help to get it and it sounds like you have a nanny and somebody set up so that maybe you can find that time back in your life mm-hmm. um and katie i don't know if you have family nearby um, um and people would a support system where you can get those breaks because th- those are spiritual practices anytime that we go and nurture ourselves or listen to podcasts or you know read and do those things there that's that filling back up that i was talking about um, and they're important to our livelihood. That's that whole thing of like the year of you of putting myself first is that you still need to find time for that stuff in the midst of, you know, having two kids under five and trying to work and, and balance and um, and run a household. Katie, what were you going to add something to that? No, I, I just think, yeah, I, I feel right now, um, I feel right now we're in the second wave of added stress with what's going to happen this summer um, with camps and, you know, restrictions are being lifted, which is amazing. Um, It's a good sign. But, you know, Lindsay and I, our kids are in the same daycare together, which opens next week. Um, And it's, it's this feeling of, wow, I could send them and and kind of get back to some normalcy, but in the same way, no one knows. And so you just, you have this added stress of what's the right answer. And, um, there's this glimpse of, I will get that alone time back if they go back to daycare. But then, you know, I, I've made the decision to keep them home for the summer. And so it's another two and a half months of, I know that this is kind of going to be the same thing. And so I agree with you. It's, you have to find that time to yourself. It's, it's a challenge. Um, I do have help. My family lives in town as well. So they've been, you know, kind of did the first month of like, I will not see anyone. And then by the end of that month, I was like, if I don't get help. We might not make it through this quarantine. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, every day is a new day and every day is a challenge. And every day, sometimes, you know, you, sometimes you go to bed and you think it's a victory. Um, so I want to apologize because my family has this ongoing joke that I'm horrible with names. And I've been, I think I've been calling you Katie and it's Kelly. And I, I'm so sorry. Don't even worry. Don't even worry. I just saw Kelly and I was like, don't so even I, worry. Yeah. So I, and I have a Katie, a Katie on my other podcast. Um, Do not even worry. It sounds alike. Um, So what would you guys say that um, is the, uh, has surprised you the most about yourself um, during these past few months? I guess that I'm capable of raising my own kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I know that that sounds super basic, but my husband and I very carefully orchestrated our lives so that we would have help. Like whether it was family help or paid help, you know, my husband grew up in Summit and his, his mom and dad still live here. My sister-in-law lives here. Um, you know, we 
picked a great daycare slash school that we love uh, very strategically. Uh, my mom lives a half an hour away. So like, you know, when we were kind of like checking off the boxes of what we wanted our life to look like, um, I, I didn't grow up with a big family. I have valued that tremendously. And I, I loved that when I met my husband, like I saw this big, crowded, crazy, big family. And I was like, that's the kind of world I want to bring my kids into. So again, this was part of our game plan. And um, so, so I remember looking around after like week two and going like, where is my tribe? Like, why are they like, how am I doing this with one other human? You know, and like, it just felt so fraught. Um, so I think learning that like, wait a minute, like, I don't want to do this alone, but like, like we could, you know, that was kind of cool. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that you, you had the power to do it all along, although it's amazing and wonderful that you have this big support system nearby. Yeah. But it sounds like it challenged you to say, hey, I, you know, I got this. And, and, and so I think that, uh, you know, we, I realized that about myself too. I, I also let a lot of things go that weren't serving me anymore that I was holding on to like career wise, you know, I had my hands on a lot of different things. And I think that this time really gave me some time to realize like, oh, well, here are your gifts or, or you've been doing that for so long. Maybe it's time to let it go. And it, this time gave me the opportunity to, uh, to reflect. Um, yeah. and, uh, on, on that piece, um, anybody else, what has, has, uh, surprised you about yourself, Kelly? The, uh, the CEO of my company at the beginning of this said something along the lines of life and things are really hard, but we can do hard things. And I feel like throughout this, uh, with Lindsay, I have completely kind of shifted of, I can't be, I can't work and have the kids and be the clean the house and make dinner and do all of this stuff. And there are days where I'm actually like, I can do all that. And, you know, as we were talking about, I'm going to keep the kids home this summer and, and starting in the fall, you know, hopefully they go back. And I have this, I have this new mentality of, and if they don't go back, I can do it. You know? So I think coming out of this, we realized that, you know, we thought we, as working moms, we had all these superpowers before. And I think we're realizing that like, we have a whole bag of superpowers. And um, I think, you know, we can do it. We can do hard things. It's in our blood as moms to just, it's, it's all, it's, we have to, you know, and I think, yeah, it's survival. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Stacy, do you want to add anything to that? I read a book called Simon Sinek. Um, sorry, start with the why by Simon Sinek. Mm. And, um, and I ended up uh, with my work team. We made it a book club. And um, I tell you this because this COVID period, first of all, I don't think we would have ever had a book club, my, my work team. Um, and it was amazing to get to know each other on a different level. I personally, during this COVID time, got to figure out my why and, my, and, my, and live more intentionally and more uh, purposefully as a mom as a, a leader, as a wife, as a daughter. So I think I spent a lot of my time before now living more on instinct, but now I was able to define really, articulate it better. And I don't know that I would have had the time or the mind space to do that before. And tell me, how did that feel after you came to that conclusion? How did that feel for you? 
it helped me. So like what you said, Pam, of some things you had to let go. Um, I'm still figuring out how to do that let go thing, but it, but it's a framework for me to everything I do to double check and validate. Is it fitting my why? If yeah. it's not, it's got to go or it's got to pause. And it gives you a framework, a map. Because I, I felt a sense of relief when I let a few things go that I was that I was holding on to. And, and one of the things that I do to help me um, make decisions like that is I, I do affirming and denying. Um, mm. and, and what that means is that things that come at me that are affirming, like Stacy and I connected, and then I thought, wow, I really want to talk to some working moms affirming it came together so easily denying would have been if I tried to find a couple of moms to talk about work life from home during the pandemic and juggling everything and I just couldn't find anyone that's denying so affirming I head towards those things Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where I'm being led and when I keep hitting you you know that feeling where you want something to happen and the doors keep closing or you you just keep hitting dead ends I now pay attention to those and think, oh, well, I'm, that's clearly not working for me anymore. And can I let go of that? And so that's sort of how I process things that it's sort of affirming and denying. Um, and you feel it a lot in body sensation. We, we feel a lot of things come to our body. You get that kind of like that stomach ache or that nervous feeling. And I think, oh, I don't know if I should be here right now, or I don't know if this is for me. And so I pay a lot of attention to those signs. Um, and that helps me make you know, discernment issues about, uh, you know, my career and things like that. So something actionable I, I highly recommend is to look at your life and or things you're doing. And I start to make three buckets. So it's now, soon, later. And, and I put too much in the now. So it's a good practice uh, and hold yourself to it. Yeah. And that would be a great visual to have that in your space you, know, I do. you have there to have a picture of those and even take a sticky note and slap it onto each of those um, buckets. You know, I, I look a lot at things too and think, you know, do I need to do that right now? Is it necessary right now? Or can it wait, you know, 10 minutes, you know, 10 hours, 10 days. And, um, and that helps you sort of prioritize too things that seem so urgent. Um, so, well, listen, I wanted to thank you guys for, for your honesty and, uh, being candid and, and getting on here today and not knowing each other and, and opening up about what it's been like in the pandemic. And I, I know that the people that listen to this, it will inspire them. And mm-hmm. hopefully I think one of you said, we're all in the same boat. Um, and I think that when we hear that other people are having those same feelings, um, that we are having that it's uh, it's comforting and, and inspires others. And, and I think that you guys all did that today. So thank you so much for your time. And, uh, Kelly, Lindsay, and Stacy, um, you guys are the best. And I wish you all the best. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having yeah. us. I'm Pam Rotelli Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at talkingjoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. 
simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.